Welcome to the first read Ultimate Welcome. Spider-Man. We welcome you. Welcome to the first read Ultimate Spider-Man podcast, where we break down Bendis' iconic run on Ultimate Spider-Man, issues 1 through 160 in Earth 1610. I'm Zach. Hey, Zach. How's it going? I'm John Peruge. Hi, John. You know what you just reminded me of when you jumped in with the welcome? What? Anyang. <laughs> That's funny. Are you going to leave it in? Um, I don't know. I think if I do, I have to explain Anyang to people. <laughs> I don't know. Everyone probably gets that. Who okay. doesn't know Arrested Development? If you haven't seen Arrested Development at this point in the year of our Lord 2023, get on it. But just stop when the regular when the original run stops. Don't don't keep going to the Netflix additional uh, seasons. That's true. How's your week going, Zach? It's been like nine days, dude. It's been super long for us because we recorded early for the last episode. Um, my week is good. I want to know about your uh, charity golf outing. Oh. We got second in it. What? Which was very good. It was at a really nice course called Medina. And um, it was actually a pretty big charity event. Like, definitely we were the group there with the, uh, what's the opposite of deepest? The shallowest pockets. <laughs> and you thought you didn't deserve to play on that course. Well, I didn't. I had good teammates. <laughs> oh, okay. You got carried. But still, um, this, but I had this... some good. I had some good good holes also where we, you know, I my, I got us birdies, and everybody had some really good holes, and we we ended up getting second. We weren't really close to getting first. Um, we we lost by about four strokes, but still second place. Yeah, that. To me, at a very feels, nice course, that was way better than I would have ever thought. Feels like very like Caddyshack vibes. Like you just rolled into this country club and showed these rich <laughs> jerks what you're no, made of. It wasn't like that. Everyone was everyone was really cool. Um, but it was like an event that's been going on for like ten years where. We were the only ones there that the people putting on the event were like, who are these people? And they said that they were going through the past list to be like, how did they, like, have they done this before? And and then we were like, no, we just like were Googling scrambles and wanted to wanted to find one to play in. That, um, is, that is funny. So are you going to go back like a hundred percent, a hundred percent? Yeah, that's cool. What was the charity for? Um, it was for this pediatric brain cancer, um, which is called like R33M or something. I don't, so, so maybe it's like called Ream, but it's spelled with threes instead of E's. And I don't really know what that's for, but anyways, um, yeah, this woman, her son developed brain cancer when he was like seven and passed away when he was like 11 and that was like 10 years ago. And, and so they've been doing this for like 10 years since to like, you know, just raise money for that. And it's, and it's, it's really a very good cause. And, you know, obviously if you heard the woman talk about it, 
everyone who's listening would be like crying right now, but I don't want to get too too far into it. Well, that's awesome, man. Sounds like it was a really good cause and you had a lot of fun and did well. So love it. Love to see my homies thrive. (laughs) Wow. Who doesn't? Yeah, exactly. Um, And I'm going golfing later today. So good, good. Good times. Of what about you? you? How's your How's your week been? Um, it's been good. I mean, nothing as notable as that. I'm I'm just like hanging drywall in my bathroom. <laughs> That's pretty notable. Yeah, about just as fun as you know playing golf at a really nice course. Yeah, and going on an out of town <laughs> trip with friends. Yeah, that's true. It was like it was so much fun. Of course, we golfed like four days in a row. <laughs> um, and if you. anyone plays League of Legends, who listens, you know, maybe in your Spider-Man comment, shoot over your League of Legends name because we also play that all the time, and it's a fun one. When John says we, he's talking about him. <laughs> I don't play it, but yeah, add John and my other friends. Yeah, and my non. Zach friends. Yes. I, but you could play. I could. I have a I actually have a little cousin who's like one of the like top 30 League of Legends players in America or something. And um his parents that's are like pretty that's a pretty high ranking, Zach. His parents are like <laughs> super into it and they talk about like yeah, you know, we encourage him to practice so that he can go pro someday. We used to think it was just like, you know, this frivolous like thing oh, that was yeah. wasting his time. But then we saw the money that they can make and we saw how good he is. And now we tell him to practice League of Legends. Oh, where were my parents when, <laughs> when I was growing up? Well, that is cool. You got to figure out what his name is and um well i'm sure you know what his real name is yeah i what's his real name okay let's look him up let's see if i can find it Hmm. i mean he's a minor so it it, if anyone's talking about him it might just be from like his screen name that's what i was that's what i want you to find is his like username yeah yeah, I, I, next I week. don't have the foggiest idea what that is. Next week. Ooh, okay. Let's talk about Spider-Man. Yes. <laughs> you say that this week and it's actually Spider-Man. And Venom. Yeah. Well, sort of, but yeah. So with if we don't have anything else we wanna we wanna intro with, do you think we should throw it over to the Better Business Bureau? Throw it to the Better Business Bureau. All right, take it away. Every business says they're better. But the ones that earn and display the BBB seal back it up. It instantly identifies businesses that are committed to operating with integrity, honoring promises, and telling the truth. Makes you wonder why every business doesn't have it. So look for it, because it's looking out for you. That's why it's the sign of a better business. And find a better business anytime at BBB.org. And we're back. We're back. We're back with issues 33 and 34. And do we 
do we need a recap of previous issues? Mary Jane dumped Spider Man. <laughs> yep. And Peter Parker is living with other beautiful teenager Gwen Stacy. Whose dad just died. Oh, man. Whose dad just died. Yeah. And I don't and know I... if there's even anything else that we need to recap. Um, My notes said Mary Jane is having PTSD from the time she's been drugged into Peter's Spider-Man BS. But I think that goes into she broke up with him. I don't know that that comes up on its own in these issues. No, no. Okay. Well, issue 33. This one's called Origins, which did remind me, Zach, of isn't that our first podcast episode title? Yeah, when we the very wow. first one when we weren't the even very talking first about one. Ultimate Spider-Man. Yep, and we've got um a big scary looking Venom on the cover and it looks like he's going to eat something. And this one is written by Brian Michael Bendis, penciled by Mark Bagley, inked by Art to Bear and Rodney Ramos, colored by Transparency Digital and letters by Chris Iliopoulos. And we open on Peter Parker laying on the floor of either, I think it's the basement, and his boxers and tank top. She dumped me, he's thinking to himself. And Peter wants to call MJ and try to make it work, but he's also a nervous teenage boy, so he doesn't want to call her. And he's like, maybe I'll just call her and hang out. Maybe I, you know, maybe she'll want to talk to me been there been there done that for any um young romeos out there who are listening girls love it when you call and hang up if you do that that you're a winner that's that's alpha male activity breathe really hard also <laughs> just a couple times before you hang up yeah, you gotta you gotta leave a message so they like at least look at it and are like, oh, let me see what this is. Did someone say anything important? <laughs> oh, they'll wonder who their secret admirer is. <laughs> you know who that is? It's the guy from Hey Arnold that Helga always punches in, the, in his glasses. Is that too? Is that too uh, niche of a reference? I mean, it didn't. Aren't they bringing Hey Arnold back? That might actually be a very timely reference. Oh well, th there you go. But it's not I, one that you get. Maybe some listeners will get it. I just Zach, never got into it. I don't know why. In Hey Arnold, there was always a guy who would be like behind everyone, like watching, just like you know, breathing like that, and then Helga would always hit him in the face. <laughs> Oh, well, he sounds nice. I think girls should give him a chance. <laughs> yes, that's who Peter must have been taking notes from. Yes. Um. So Peter's having a tough time and he throws his phone across the room and it breaks. And now she can't even call him. He's his, a loser with no phone. His landline. Because remind you, this is the early 2000s. Yeah. And somehow okay zach you're gonna have to really clue me in on what happened in these panels but somehow peter throwing his phone across the room and breaking it somehow 
like opens up a secret passageway or something or it like causes him to like move giant TVs out of the way and he finds like a secret hidden door. Yeah, this was not good visual storytelling, which usually I think Mark Bagley is really good at. But this time it was just kind of unclear. Um, It looks to me like he's moving his desk to get the pieces of his phone that he had broken. And he sees like a door that was hidden by the desk behind the desk. Okay, that makes sense. I can buy it. It's not also page, but it's what (laughs) it's the only thing that makes sense. Well, well, also from that picture of him moving, whatever he's moving, which I think probably is his desk, it looks like a shattered TV. So from that, from those two pictures, it looks like Peter threw his phone, he broke the TV, and now he's like cleaning it up. But that's obviously not what happened, because we can see that Peter's phone doesn't hit a TV and shatter it. But that's so, yeah. But it's probably just meant to be wood grain and shadows. But now that I'm looking at it, it totally looks like a shattered TV screen. So Peter finds the store and he goes inside it and he starts looking around and he just finds these boxes and boxes of his parents' old things, including old photographs of his dad with who at this time I just assumed to be a young Norman Osborn because that's just how Spider-Man works, you know, but it's not, it's not Norman Osborn. The lore's not that deep. <laughs> um, do you notice something else that's in that back room? I thought was kind of funny. Um, I did take some notes on some of the things, the things that are on boxes, but I probably didn't on what you're talking about. There's a very oh, rosebud, a sled, yeah. <laughs> a sled with rosebud on it. That's funny. do you know what that is? Um, it is, it is. Yes, Zach, I know what this is. I just can't think of it right now. It's the really old movie that's supposed to be good, but I've never seen it because I don't care about watching really old black and white movies. Citizen it is. It, I would have got sorry. there. I I'm sorry. I know you would. No, actually, I don't think I was anywhere near it. Well, that's good. Is that a good movie? I know it's supposed to be good. Um, I, It's been a while since I saw it. I would have to imagine. I'm going to say this. Just maybe maybe we'll get some Citizen Kane hate mail, you know, or or something. I cannot imagine watching that movie now in today's day and age and coming away with anything other than that was so boring and awful because how could you watch any movie from that long ago and not think that that's the case? I watched it for a film class in college and I honestly can't remember what my takeaway was from it, but I remember Rosebud being important. And then my best friend who was also in the class just would not shut up about how much he hated it. And I'm like, (laughs) Yeah, but your favorite movies are Fast and Furious, so maybe <laughs> maybe it actually was good. When I was in... So that that kind of reminds me, like, watching terrible movies in film class that are supposed to be awesome. It, remi- <laughs> it reminds me of when I was in some telecom class in college, and these, like, 
grad students made their own movie as part of like a project you know it wasn't like a long one but it was like a it was like a 15 to 25 minute like short movie and it was just the worst thing i've ever seen in my life and like i was in i was in that class with some buddies and we were and it was just so boring so like you know like emotional and indie film kind of like and it was about this guy who like had a violin and then like the whole movie was about him like trying to get his violin fixed or something like that and it was just and then afterwards it ends and the professors and everyone are like what what a piece of art wow that was just incredible (laughs) and anyway i'm sure that's what citizen kane would remind me of it's just a reminder that it's really easy to criticize art, but it's so hard to make it. Because, like, those those okay, grad students, they uh. probably are <laughs> smart people, you know, who, like, have put in more thought and effort and work into, like, understanding film as a medium than us. Oh, my gosh. It was so well made. It was incredibly well made. <laughs> but then it's, like, somewhere along the lines, you just lose, okay, what makes a story enjoyable for people? Yeah. And it's like when you find yeah. the people who can mix those and they they have that and they're technically proficient, that's just like so rare and so cool. Yeah. Well, I feel very confidently confident that if those grad students ever saw the YouTube channel that my buddy Steve and I, who have been talking shit about their violin movie for like 10 years, ever saw, they would they would probably not think that it's as funny as we think that it is. So... Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, okay, so good good rosebud catch, Zach. I love a good catch that gets us off topic for a couple of minutes. <laughs> I bet the listeners hate it. They're like, okay, are we still in the story? I don't I, I, I hope not. I don't think so. Um so Peter takes he's got these boxes and he kind of is carrying them up the stairs. He's going to take him into his bedroom, like old pictures and videos and whatnot. And he opens the basement door and he finds Gwen and Aunt May talking. And Aunt May is is kind of like mid-story telling Gwen about the time she proposed to Jimi Hendrix. And we're about to hear what Jimi Hendrix says. And then Peter rudely interrupts. And they're like, oh, hey, Peter. And he just kind of sulks up to his room leaving Gwen and Aunt May to speculate about the breakup with Mary Jane. Because they think he's just sulking about that. Yeah. I love all the little hints that we get, like, throughout the series, that uh, May and Ben were just, like, these wild hippies. Yeah. (laughs) That's always So do you think think Uncle Ben was at that concert? He might have been. Maybe he proposed to Jimi Hendrix, too. I don't know. They seem like a pretty, pretty open couple. I don't think Uncle Ben and Aunt May were trying to swing with Jimi Hendrix. Maybe they were. So, so do you think Jimi Hendrix was about to say yes? Because we don't hear this, the end of the story. No, I think, uh, I think that was the end of the story. I think, um, well, I guess she says and and trails off, but. It he seems says, like- she says, Jimi Hendrix, will you marry me? And Jimmy points his guitar right at me and and that's where it cuts off. So it's right where he's about to he's about to point at her and be like, heck yeah. 
she's very <laughs> clearly like not hanging out with Jimi Hendrix. She's like in the crowd and she's like heckling him. So I'm thinking he's going to point his guitar at her and wink or something. And that's that's the end of the story. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, that's better. Well, I, I was expecting Aunt May to be the main character, you know? Yeah, so there we were in his tour bus smoking weed. <laughs> um, so, Peter sulks up to his room, and he puts in... And Aunt May says, oh, I should really go check on him, you know? So, Peter, Peter sulks up to his room, he puts on this VHS tape, and... It's like home movies back from when he's a kid. And it's himself and his parents playing in the yard. And it's pretty sad. Central Park. Oh, okay. They're at a picnic. Yeah. Okay. They're in Central Park. And it's pretty sad. And, um, you know, then Aunt May, we, we kind of see that she's watching from the door to the bedroom. And, um, and then Uncle Ben comes on the screen in the home movie and she, you know, says, oh, my gosh, like, I, you know, it's Uncle Ben. So so her and Peter are both pretty sad, like watching these old home movies. And Zach, do you have anything you want to you want to add? I'm not saying much about it, except that it's really sad. it's kind of sad. Yeah, I don't know. Um, You can tell they're like 10 years younger, but May and Ben are like kind of hot like he's just this like muscly <laughs> dude and he's still got his pigtails his ponytails and uh she's like she's like got her like gray hair but other than that she just looks hot they <laughs> it actually is kind of funny because nothing about either one of them would make you think that they're like old people except they both have like gray as as hair could be but it's not like old looking gray hair it's just like like they dyed it gray it looks like mark bagley intended for them to not have gray hair but then whoever colored the issue was like oh no they have gray hair yeah that is kind of what they look like and they look really hot yeah and shiloh just walked in and laughed at zach for talking about old people looking hot (laughs) um Okay, so this the the coloring of the VHS tape it switches from like a TV screen like, you know, kind of staticky co- coloring to as if we are actually now like in the home movie like watching, you know. So it's like it's drawn now exactly how it would be in real life. So it's kind of cool it switches to that. And now we kind of like go inside it and it's the whole family and you know also a couple other people the brocks eddie brock senior who's who's the business partner that i thought was norman osborne and their son eddie brock jr and they're all at a cookout and they're recording this stuff for like genetic research purposes like something that eddie brock and and peter's dad are working on at least that's why it seemed like they just had the cameras going like constantly to me. I thought there was a line in there that that kind of said that. Maybe they're just recording it for good old fashioned fun. And um Peter keeps trying to tell his mom about the emperor penguins 
and he keeps getting interrupted by everyone else. He keeps being like, there's there's 15 different types of emperor penguins, and every time he tries to tell her about them, someone else starts talking, usually Eddie Brock Sr. So Peter's dad and Ed are doing genetic research, and Ed wants to hire a publicist to get some, the project some steam in the media. But Mary Parker, that's Peter's mom, um, she's like the one in charge and she's like, we don't need a publicist. That's absurd. Like as soon as we figure this thing out, we'll get all the attention we need. Zach, did you have something you were about to add? No, I'm just feeling like the biggest idiot in the world. Um, been a Spider-Man fan like my whole life. And I, I know his parents are Richard and Mary Parker. But now I'm just can't help but realize like how they say like, oh, you know, like you you marry your 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 parents like you you look for someone who reminds you of your mom or something like that. Like he dates Mary Jane and his mom's name is Mary Parker. Well, yeah, I just had never picked up on that (laughs) and I feel kind of dumb for it. Neither have I. Um, but it's not like she has red hair, at least. Right. It's just a name. It's just yeah, similar name is all. So Mary Parker just kind of shoots that publicist idea down. And and then she just goes and asks Peter what he wanted to tell her about the Emperor Penguins. And it's really cute. And then Peter is also like knows a bunch of facts about frogs that he's going to tell tell them also. And then the video ends and Peter and Aunt May are talking about the old video and she's like, yeah, that was your dad's business partner, Ed Brock, and his son, Eddie Jr. And um, I didn't even mention him in the video because he didn't really ever come up with doing anything, but, but he was in there too. And Aunt May says that his parents, Eddie Brock Jr.'s parents, also died in the same plane crash that Peter's parents did. And Peter and Eddie were best friends they hung out all the time and strangely peter just like cannot remember him at all so peter decides he's going to contact eddie and maybe send him a copy of the home movie and aunt may thinks that would be a very nice idea and it takes peter one second of googling and he finds out eddie brock's address and where he lives and everything and he lives in the Tony Stark building, which I thought was weird. But then we find out it's just because he's out of college and there's probably there must be a building named after Tony Stark. So Peter calls Eddie and Eddie is just psyched to hear from him. He's like, oh, my gosh, I remember we played together every day. We were best friends. And um, so even stranger that Peter can't remember anything about it. What do you think about this, Zach? I think the implication is that he's a f- few years older than Peter. Peter was like a little kid back then. Okay, I for sure was thinking the implication was Peter doesn't remember this for a specific reason. Because no. they brought it up multi they like brought it up like wouldn't Aunt May have been like, Well, you were so young. I'm not surprised you don't remember. But I think Pete, he was but like, she's like Yeah, okay. I think he's like three or four years older than him. So like if Peter was like four and Eddie was like seven, it would make sense that, you know, Eddie would remember more about it than Peter does. Yeah. 
Okay. Okay, that makes me think I'm not going to there's not going to be something that happens with like Peter's memory in these next couple issues that it's going to explain why Peter doesn't remember Eddie, which is kind of what I thought was going to happen at some point. Yeah, no, that's not some setup. Okay. Okay, so as Peter and Eddie are making plans to hang out and as the scene is kind of like changing, we see these we see a bunch more folders and boxes from you know, the secret room and they're like IRS documents. And one of them is a project called Venom with Eddie's name on it. Uh, and there's like a picture of, of some family, which is either Eddie or Peter's family. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's Peter and Eddie with one of the dads. Okay. Weird. <laughs> so, Peter goes to visit Eddie at his college, and at first, this is pretty funny, at first, Peter's like, how do people live like this? It smells so bad. Oh my gosh, this is the worst. Uh, And then, like, a pretty girl walks by him, and he's immediately like, oh my gosh, look at her. (laughs) It just stops him, like, mid-thought immediately. And... Peter and Eddie are just casually chatting at a coffee shop about college and their majors. And uh, Eddie gets pretty weird, I said, Zach. He gets, like, weirdly aggressive about the amount of work in college. He's like, college is so much work and there's so much homework and it's expensive. You got to buy your stuff. I can't even afford to take girls on dates, you know, and I feel like there's even some, yeah, it's just, it, it, it got a little aggressive for me. Um, and his like face gets aggressive. I was impressed with these two issues, introducing Eddie and making him feel like such a specific type of guy, because definitely <laughs> you read these two issues and you know exactly what his deal is. Like, it's not that he's like a bad dude, but you can tell with his peers, he's maybe kind of a loser. Like he's got the, you know, possible like anger issues and he's like super focused on his work, which is good, which is fine. Um and he's like talking about like yeah, like you said like he seems bitter at just like, you know, the idea of girls not going out with him. Yeah, and- it, it it ends with like that. His like rant ends with like, you know, you can't even afford to date anyone unless you're one of those Wall Street guys. And who wants to be them? So yes. you got a girlfriend or what? He's very much like a snob against like elitism or whatever. But like, I don't know, in a way where he like thinks he's. Better than all of them. Yeah, he's like. <laughs> Like, ideally, you'd be like, oh, no one's superior to anyone he's, else. He's like, he's like, those guys that think they're superior, they're not. I am. In in today's nomenclature, maybe the term is like incel is kind of what, I don't even know if you know that one. But it's yeah. just kind of like, it's this is, you're just like weirdly angry at like everything, kind of. And you get this a little bit even more in the next issue. But yeah. he also he seems like the guy who would latch on to a younger friend, like someone that's still in high school. And that person would 
be totally convinced that he's the coolest because he's this or maybe guy. latch on to a younger woman who might think he's the coolest yes but he needs that power dynamic he can't be cool to his peers and i'm the last person in the world to judge this trust me listeners but he's also he's in college and he's got a receding hairline and acne so it's like he's not like a traditionally handsome guy but he uses the crutch of being like a little bit older and possibly wiser to like look like the dude that peter wants to be when he grows up hmm well i didn't notice his ugliness but i think in a but i try not to judge people like zach does based on that you know like i said i have acting in a receding hairline i'm not judging him but in a superhero comic when everyone is specifically drawn to be attractive and this guy has these visual signifiers as like he's got presumably a twenty facial hair. Yeah, yes, he's got a soul patch too. <laughs> which I don't know if it's meant to be ironic or not, because I guess this was kind of like the new metal era, you know? But it's pretty bad. <laughs> it 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 looks awful. Um really like I don't know if this will ever come up or anything, but like, you know, what this guy needs the most, you know, because he just he so clearly wants to be like the guy that's cool to high schoolers. If he had like, I don't know, a sports car or something, I think that would just really round out his whole vibe. Wow, I agree. Let's I don't know. We don't we haven't seen his car yet, so <laughs> we'll see. Um, Yeah, yeah. If this guy had a sports car and was dating a high school girl. He'd he'd be peaking right now, I think. Um, we're being mean. We don't know that much about him. All all he said right now is that he's upset about how expensive college is and that he can't get a date. <laughs> so he asked Peter. Like I said, he ends that like little rant by being like, "So you got a girlfriend?" And Peter's like, "Oh, um, you know we." We kind of broke up. And once again, Eddie sort of like spirals a little bit. And he's and he's just like, you won't even remember these girls' names in five years. Trust me. You know? Uh, and Peter, I, I don't know. Somehow, I guess they like changed the scene or something. Changed the conversation or something. And Peter, and Peter takes the videotape out of his bag and he tells Eddie what it is. And Eddie is kind of like touched that Peter looks him up after watching the tape. And that's the thing. He doesn't seem like a bad guy. Like, like you said, Zach, he just kind of goes on like a couple weird rants that it's like, Oh, this is, this is, this is a red flag, you know, but I, I like that. He feels like a real person. Like you can instantly see his flaws, his insecurities, but he's not like a villain the way that like superhero comics usually portray people as black and white, you know, like, yeah, he, he could be a good dude. It could be a good thing that Peter met him. Well, I'm just assuming based on that, we know that they're doing genetic research and me reading this comic right now. I know they're doing genetic research and like is specific to like Eddie Brock and 
Peter Parker, you know, in some way. Peter strangely doesn't remember anything that's that's happened in their relationship, whereas Eddie remembers like all of it super like clearly. And then um all of a sudden Eddie's like flip just like switches a couple times and he like gets in this so I am assuming that there's something like genetic going on, like that is kind of like messing him up just a little bit. Uh but that is probably not it because the memory thing ends up having nothing to do with it. So, you know, these are probably just it's just how he is. Yeah. It's a good guess, but ultimately I think he's just emotionally volatile because he's emotionally volatile. Yeah. Um, so like I said, you know, Peter takes out the tape and he tells Eddie what it is. And, and Eddie's like, well, you showed me this. So I've got something to show you also. And he takes Peter to a building with a huge scientific lab. And he opens up a door that has Brock written on it. And there is like a flask or a vial, whatever you'd want to call it, with a black goo smoking. And Peter asks, what is it? And Eddie responds, it's our inheritance. And that's where it ends. Good hook. Makes me want to read the next issue. I know. This this was a uh, pretty good one, I thought. Um, it was a long one. If it seems like it took us a long time to cover it, it also took a long time to read and take notes on it, I thought, because it it is a lot of dialogue, um, and there's just a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, definitely. Anytime you start a new arc, you know, especially an arc that's meant to go on a bit longer, the first few issues are always going to be really text-heavy because it's got to give you, you know, all the information that sets everything up. Yeah, but I but I still did really like this one. It was it was interesting and it really reminds me of um and we'll get more into this in the next one also, but like there's similarities between like this and the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man stuff with his dad doing like the genetic research and you know maybe that's why they got killed or something like that and it's like specifically their genetic stuff that they're working on you know right um and that i mean that kind of changes the whole spider-man story if you take it that way because instead of you know oh anyone could have got bit by that spider there's an element of peter's life was predestined yeah it's not as good yeah i don't i, <laughs> not I, I as don't good like of a story. it yeah i don't like it as much either um but i did like this so i gave it a very high 13 and a half out of 15 types of emperor penguins. I like it. I like it. I was so prepared for what I was going to give this out of 10. And now you've got me. And now you've got to do adjusting. math. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to give it an eight out of 15 emperor penguins. Um, definitely. No, it was eight it wasn't out of 15. Eight out oh, of that's 15. really not very good. That's like yeah, a five and a half out of 10. I was thinking of a six and a half out of 10, not because it's necessarily bad, but just compared to all the other ultimate Spider-Man issues, it just doesn't stand out to me. Oh, okay. That's interesting. I, I did really like this one. And although it did take a while to read and get through, I liked 
you know, the memory scene of them and figuring out all that stuff. And uh, I don't know. I just thought it was a good one. Yeah. To me, I mean, I think it's hard to grade this because it exists in the service of the story that's about to be told. If I was, you know, just going to a comic book store and this was my first issue I ever picked up and it was the last issue I ever picked up and I was like, oh, how much did you like that? I I don't think I would have gotten much out of it. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So, um, do we have anything else to say about issue 33 or should we move on to 34? Nope. Move on. Let's see what the conclusion is. Okay. So issue 34, um, is written by our, well, is made by our regular creative team. Um, so Brian, Michael Bendis, did the story, Mark Bagley did the pencils, Art Tiber did the inks, Transparency Digital on colors, Chris Iliopoulos on letters. Um, Peter looks into the safe, and I call it a vat in my notes, at the vat of okay. black liquid and says, I don't understand, Eddie. What is this? And Eddie tells Peter that it's what their fathers were working on before they died. And Peter says, yeah, but what is it? And Eddie's like, well, right now it's a big pile of protoplasmic goo, but it was supposed to be the cure for cancer. And he says they were really close, but parts of his father's notes are incomplete. And he says maybe Peter's dad had the missing notes. And he tells Peter that without the help of his professor, Doc Connors, he wouldn't have been able to make sense of his father's notes. And... The idea that the two fathers had been working on was called the suit. It was supposed to be a genetic bodysuit that could diagnose and cure any ailment. And the two fathers got hired by Trask Industries, but they were considered work for hire, so the company technically owned anything they created. Okay. I got a couple things. One... I think it's really stupid that the dads were working on like an individual, like one person suit, you know, because that's not even something. I mean, that'd be pretty expensive to mass produce, right? Yeah. So they're effectively like working on like a superhero suit. I mean, it's called the suit. Um. So anyway, I don't really like that. It's fine. It's not like awful, but I'm like, that's kind of silly to me. Okay. But if there was, I mean, we don't even, ha we don't have a mass producible way to cure cancer. So while this might not be accessible to everyone, it's still better than nothing. Like if, okay. if they're that's, right and it yeah. works, can you put a price on, you know, curing cancer? Yeah. No, you can't. Um, I know and you and your golf buddies try to. <laughs> that was funny. Thanks. Um, okay. I I guess I'm just trying to wrap my head around these like really smart scientists that know like a million different things, and the idea that they are coming up with somehow is like. A black goo suit. I'm like, I just don't. How did you guys get there? Yeah, it's uh okay. It's anyway, kind, it's kind anyway. of silly, but you got to keep in mind he's adapting. Bendis is working with something even sillier. 
from the 80s, which is it's an alien suit from space that Spider-Man got during Secret Wars. And he's like, well, I can't tell that story. So I don't think that's sillier. How do I make this feel grounded? (laughs) Maybe not sillier, but you need so much going on. And they weren't going to do a Secret Wars in the Ultimate Universe at this point. Yeah. Um, Okay. I think I would, I would, I think I just don't like the name, the suit, because it's not really a suit. I get it. Yeah. And it's, um, it's funny because later they're going to be talking about how not, you can't trust anyone in a suit. That's yeah. And then Zach, you also mentioned Trask Industries. That's like the company that kills the mutants, right? That always hates the mutants. John, I am so proud of you for catching that. I was gonna, I was gonna bring that up and blow your mind and be like, you know, that's the company that makes Sentinels. But like, you're on it. I'm on it. Yep. Yeah. So, gee, the company that's making Sentinels is interested in their research that they think can cure cancer, but you know, also is obviously a superhero suit. Wonder what their their intentions are with that. Hmm. Hmm. Elon Musk voice. Interesting. I'll look into that. <laughs> um, so when the company figured out that their cure for cancer could also be a weapon, they took it away from them. And Eddie hands Peter a diary and says, here, read this. And it, it's a it's an entry from Eddie Sr.'s diary. And it says, our worst fears realized. We were locked out of our own laboratories, and our project was taken from us. I know that Richard blames me for all of this, and I can't say he's wrong. I'm the one who pushed him into this deal with Trask. I'm the one who wanted out of the day-to-day grind of fundraising in the private sector. And now everything he warned me might happen. Now our days are going to be filled with lawyers and weasels, when all we really want to do is finish the project we both dedicated our lives and the lives of our families to. And Eddie explains that was the final diary entry from his father. And two days later, the Brocks and the Parkers died in their plane crash. And Peter asks Eddie um, how he got the vat of goo. And Eddie says it was a batch their fathers made behind Trask's back in case they ever needed to prove their ownership of it. And it stayed in a freezer at Eddie's grandpa's house until Eddie started college and figured out what it was. And Peter says, you said the suit uses a specific DNA sample. Whose sample did they use? And Eddie answers, your dad's. And Peter looks back at the vat of black goo. Ooh, spooky. Yeah. Wonder if that's a Chekhov's gun. Well, wait a second, though, because now that I'm thinking about it, this doesn't change the Spider-Man origin story, right? This doesn't mean that only Spider, only Peter Parker could have became Spider-Man unless Osborne then somehow used the same Parker genetic stuff to make his invention. To make the spider. This would just mean that only Peter could be Venom. Yes. Or get the black suit. Okay. It's, yeah, it still just takes away a degree of randomness to me, though. Yeah, I like Venom being an alien. Yeah. <laughs> um. Later at Midtown High, Gwen meets up with Peter at the dismissal and starts talking about their English class. 
and Mary Jane and Liz walk out of the door as well. And Mary and Peter lock eyes. And MJ turns her head and glares towards Liz, who rolls her eyes. Gwen leans into Peter's ear and says, don't. And Peter says, I should at least go over and... And Gwen stops him and says, she broke up with you. If she wants to say anything, she can come to you. And Peter tells her, I hate this. And Gwen says, you should. It sucks. Just then, Eddie Brock pulls up to the school in a red convertible. Hey, how funny is that? Sports and car. Honks, honks at Peter. And Gwen says, that's your ride? And implies that she wants to ride in it too. And Peter just says, I'll ask. Peter introduces Eddie to Gwen. And Eddie says she can absolutely get a ride too. And just like from the art, the way they're looking at each other, it seems like maybe there's maybe there's some interest there. Yeah, they're both like identical. They have like identical faces with like their blonde hair. <laughs> oh, the way that it's framed. It's just like super yeah. zoomed in. Yeah. Um. And Mary Jane looks on sadly while Peter and Gwen talk to Eddie. And Eddie says he inherited the car from his father. And Peter says, wow, and all I got was a microscope. And I thought that was interesting, too, because it's like if they were going broke fundraising in the private sector and they like the the fathers and they were both working on the same thing and splitting everything 50 50. How did Eddie Sr. have a sports car in New York where they don't need cars? I don't know. Maybe that's just what he spent his money on. <laughs> I Well, yeah, that's how anyone gets anything. But how did he have the money to spend on it? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Well, you know, zero, zero, zero down, zero percent financing. Right. <laughs> um, so anyways, uh, the car is only a two seater. So Gwen has to sit on Peter's lap with one arm wrapped around his shoulders and one on his chest. And she comments that Peter is all muscle. And Peter says, uh, I do Pilates. She's mean. I don't like her. Gwen? Yeah. How? She's being mean to Mary Jane and she knows it. Oh, I mean, yeah, there's there's a little bit of a rivalry there, but. Yeah, well, you. Mary Jane has not done anything to Gwen. Like, there is only a rivalry because Gwen has kind of been like, you know, I mean, she's kind of been like a little snake, sort of, ever since we met her between Peter and Mary Jane. Like, this whole time, Mary Jane is like, you know, feels threatened by her because she is actively, like, trying to threaten their relationship. But then she's pretending that she's, like, not you know dude i think she's mean. i feel like i'm reading a different book than you i am 100% a gwen stacy apologist she actively could have done anything to peter or at least you know tried to make a move if she wanted to and she never has and mary jane is constantly like blaming Steve her for has doing showed it. up at peter's house multiple times in the middle of the night because of her own stuff that's going on. Because she's like, I can't stay at my own house. And I don't know anyone besides you. <sighs> okay. Okay. I think she's I being think, mean. I think she's I being think mean. She gave, 
She's sound. sitting on his, she's sitting she's sitting on his lap and like caressing him right in front of Mary Jane and she's telling Peter not to go over and talk to her and you know she's she doesn't whatever <laughs> she oh, okay so let's let's take it step by step the advice that she gave to Peter to not go over and like talk to the girl that just broke up with him like the other day that's whatever that's sound advice i'd give that to my friends like dude it's not gonna help so so would i but she doesn't know the situation she thinks she does the only part she's missing (laughs) is that he's spider-man in her mind this girl broke up with him and i'll admit i know i know she she probably thinks that she's like being like cool because she's like well, I'm I'm just gonna sit on your lap right in front of your ex girlfriend. Do you know how? Like, she probably thinks she's like I'm making Mary Jane so jealous right now, Peter. Like, you know, she this is thinks, a good thing. Yeah, she thinks she's helping him. She's not friends with Mary Jane. She's friends with Peter. So she's like, oh yeah, she just broke your heart. Well, watch this, buddy. Isn't this gonna be funny? Like, <laughs> she doesn't think. But of I Mary like Jane Mary Jane. Friend. She's being mean. I She's like making her feel bad. Look at that I, panel of Mary Jane. She's so sad. I like them both, but given what Gwen knows, I don't think she's doing anything wrong. Okay. Yeah, I I feel you. Like, like is it is it kind of catty? Is it kind of petty? Sure. Is it out of bounds? No, they're broken up. <sighs> okay. But I I mean I love this scene. I. Even when we're disagreeing about it, it's it, this is fun to break down. <laughs> um, so yeah, Peter says he does Pilates, and the car speeds off as Liz says, "Oh, forget him, MJ. He's nothing special." And MJ closes her eyes and says, "Yes, he is." And Liz asks, "Like what? Tell me one special thing about Peter Parker." And Mary Jane looks at Liz silently, and Liz says, "You know what?" I don't even want to know what you were just going to say. So I think that's interesting because we can't tell. Was she actually about to say anything or was she not? No. I mean, I don't think she was, but Liz definitely thinks that she was about to say something. She wasn't going to say, I mean, I don't think so. But she also, okay, she also glared. She saw Peter, and then she looked over at Liz and glared, and Liz rolled her eye. Like, it's not like Mary Jane is, I mean, maybe internally she's feeling sad about the breakup, but, I mean, she's kind of trying to hurt Peter, too, just a little bit, because they're young, and they don't know how to do this healthily. Yeah, Uh, I don't know. I don't think so at all. Maybe later on we'll get something that shows that, but I don't think so. I think she's just sad. Okay. All right. Agree to disagree. Um, but in the next scene, we see Eddie took Peter and Gwen to the mall. and Because there's nothing that college guys do that makes them cooler than taking high schoolers to the mall. That's true. And Flash and Kong are sitting at the next table over from them in the food court. And I thought this was a funny conversation. Uh, Eddie says, no way would I ever join a frat. Are you kidding me? No way. They are the worst. And Gwen asks, what do they do? And Eddie says, let me ask, 
who's the biggest lame-o in your school? And simultaneously, Gwen and Peter point over their shoulder and say, Flash Thompson. And uh, Eddie says, being in a frat is like spending your life surrounded by 30 versions of him all day long. And they look at each other at the same time and say, ew. And Eddie gets interrupted by a phone call from Doc Connors asking who he brought into the lab. And once the call is over, Eddie explains that uh, Connors is a bit on edge and there were weird rumors about him last year. Which, if we were just reading the Ultimate Spider-Man series, wouldn't mean anything to us. But we know from Ultimate Marvel Team-Up, whatever issue, we know that he's already become the Lizard and fought Spider-Man and got healed and everything. Oh yeah. So does Peter know that that he's healed and he's he was the lizard when Eddie says this? I can't remember in that issue if Peter actually figured out who the lizard was or if he just fought the lizard because that okay. was also when um he met Man-Thing in the sewers. Yeah. Man-Thing healed the lizard. Yeah. Hmm. So this is a, a bit of a reference to Marvel Team-Up, which we don't get a lot, but we appreciate. And Gwen says she doesn't want to go to college, and Eddie says that's too bad because there's a reggae band playing the quad for free on Friday. And he invited both of them, but Peter says he has to work. But Gwen still accepts, so it seems like her and Eddie might be going on a date. And... Oh, so look at that. Now, you know, he what what did you say that for him to be thriving, he'd need a a sports a cool car, car and, and a high school girlfriend. High school girlfriend? Man, mm-hmm. this dude, he's on his way. Yep, he is. Um and Peter interrupts out of nowhere and asks Eddie if he thinks their parents were murdered. And Eddie says he thinks the timing is suspect. But it was a whole plane that crashed, and he doesn't want to believe that someone would be so evil as to kill a whole plane full of people just to stop their parents. And Gwen has absolutely no idea what they're talking about, which I think is kind of a funny touch, because we're kind of reminded that she wasn't present for their first conversation. Uh, Later at home, Peter watches a videotape, which I'm... I was originally questioning where he got this, but now I'm realizing it was probably just in that hidden closet. Um, He watches a videotape of his father talking about his work, and it ends with Richard Parker saying, Ben, if you're watching this, I'd never say it to your face, but you were right. Never trust a man in a tie. (laughs) I it's it's kind of like a pet peeve of mine whenever people are like, I'd never say this to your face, but here's a really nice thing about you or like something I could very easily just say to your face. Like, why would he not say that to Uncle Ben's face? Yeah, I don't know. Uncle Ben, you were right. We got screwed over by these guys. (laughs) Like, It like implies that maybe him and Ben didn't have the best relationship or something, which we had never seen before. It's also funny because according to... Eddie Sr.'s journals, Richard Parker was the one who was afraid of, like, getting in bed with the Trask company. And here it's like, 
oh no, Ben told him that was a bad idea. So I think that's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, and, uh, Peter snaps to attention and thinks that's it. And he starts changing into his Spidey suit and swinging through the night as his inner monologue continues. Every time I turn around, there's some greedy piece of garbage looking to turn something of value into a twisted nightmare. Osborne, Nick Fury, Octavius, all of them garbage, preying on guys like, like, like my dad. Someone tries to do something worthwhile. Someone tries to make the world a better place than they found it. And what happens? Every time. They took it away from him. Well, I'm taking it back. I'll finish what he started. I'll do my own tests. I'll do it myself. Show them who my dad was. And uh, he, he passes Eddie and Gwen at the reggae concert as he sneaks into the lab at ESU. And right here is where my notes ended. But um, we just get a bunch of silent pages of him sneaking into the chemistry lab and getting into the vial that Eddie had showed him. And he says, take just enough to do my own tests, to match my dad's notes, take back what belongs to me. And he's kind of dipping out some of the goo um, with a spoon and he's trying to get it into a sample cup and it touches his skin. Some of it misses the cup and hits his hand. Would never happen. Right. Nobody would be that careless with the there's no way Peter Parker would be this careless to to spill that on himself. I mean this whole thing, this whole plan was kind of spur of the moment, impulsive. I I don't think he's taking too much care with yeah. like like pouring that stuff out, you know? Like he's touching <laughs> dangerous chemicals, but I kind of get the sense he's just angrily throwing stuff around. Yeah. Well, he is. Yeah. And he says he thinks to himself, "God, that feels weird. It's cold, but it's oh no." And we start seeing the black goose spread across his hand and take over his hand and then spread down his arm really rapidly. And it's funny because these scenes are kind of interspersed with shots of a reggae band, which for, for no reason at all. Yeah, I just be just I to put show that, us that Gwen's having a good time. I put that in my notes. I was like, I don't know what these two scenes have to do with each other. And I don't know why they're being juxtaposed together because it, it there's just no reason to to put them together you know from a like thematic standpoint none of the people in the reggae band are ever drawn the same either so it looks like it's a band of like 20 people and like 19 of them are white with dreadlocks which is kind of problematic but also very funny and on brand for like a college reggae concert mm -hmm. um anyways it's None of that matters, but the venom thing is taking over Peter's body and encapsulating him and just growing at a rapid rate. And he kind of is left in like a smoldering cocoon of smoke on the ground that he breaks through and it looks like it had iced over and become solid somehow. And he says, I uh, uh, can't see what's going on. And two eye holes 
kind of the same shape of his Spider-Man mask eye holes form over just the blackness that's encapsulated his skin. And he's left standing there. And he just says, whoa. And we get our first look of Spider-Man in his black symbiote suit. Ooh. So is this Spider-Man going to be like the Venom that like eats people and everything? Or is that like Venom? No, that's Eddie Brock's going to become Venom and of course be awful. Spoilers. Um, Spoilers. If you know anything about Spider-Man lore ever. (laughs) So this is actually kind of timely because the Spider-Man 2 game is coming out on PS5 and people are talking about that. Have you been following any of that? No. So they did the the first Spider-Man game on PS4 and then they did the Miles Morales game and now this one is going to have Miles and Peter together and Peter as like part of the story gets this black suit and people are hypothesizing that Peter is going to lose control of himself and become Venom and it's going to have to come down to Miles Ooh. to fight Peter. So that's like that pretty close to, to what you were thinking is going to happen here. Yeah. Maybe Peter will be the bad guy and it will be up to Eddie to save the day. That would certainly flip the script. <laughs> yep. Um, okay. Give me, give me your thoughts on this one and a rating. Um, well, f- for a rating, how about, 20 people in a college reggae band okay (laughs) um and i would give this one i'd give this one like a 15 um so that's a seven and a half out of ten yeah i think it was a much better standalone issue than the last one and i think the scene outside of the school with the tension between mary jane and peter and the stuff with gwen and Eddie pulling up with his car. I just thought that was one of the most fun interpersonal scenes of the whole series we've gotten so far. And like, I spent so long looking at it and every panel, I got something different out of it. Hmm. Okay. I like it. I thought this was a good one too. Not as good as the last one. So I said, uh, it'd be 14 out of 20 reggae band members. Um, yet which again, is a 7 out of 10. Yet again, you preferred the issue you read, and I preferred the issue I read, which is great. And you even yep. picked your own issue this week. I did. <laughs> I did, only because I told Zach I had already read the first one, and it was pretty dialogue heavy, and it took and I took good notes on it, and I was like, oh, can I just do the first one so I can burn through the second one? <laughs> Which was funny because that same day I meant to text you and said, hey, dude, do you want to take the first one? Yeah. And it turns out you did. Um, But I thought they were pretty. I I mean, I thought both were good. And now we're going to have to wait two weeks before we see the rest of it. How long is this arc? Um, This is one of the longer ones. I think it's going to take us three episodes to get through. I think it's a six. Oh, really? I think it's a six issue arc. Oh, Okay. So that's really like six issues, six episodes to get through. No, because we we're jumping back and forth. Well, next week is the finale of Ultimates. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah, so big month coming up here, folks. Well, big so month for the what, pod. What issues are those? That is going to be issues 12 and 13. And hey, look at that. Once you hear that on your feed, you'll be able to run to your local comic book shop and pick up Ultimate Invasion issue one by Jonathan Hickman and Brian Hitch. Oh, because it's coming back. It's coming back that same week. It's almost like there was a master plan. Well, I actually, I actually do think that I, I was talking to Brian Hitch earlier, and um, Brian and Hickman, Hickman. And, and Jonathan Hickman. Yeah, and I, and they said they asked when we were going to finish up Ultimates, so they could plan their release of you know the Ultimate sequel, just just so they get some good publicity going into it. Yeah, it was what supposed they told to... me. It was supposed to come out a few months earlier, but, um, you know, we got Marvel to push it back so that, you know, we well, it wasn't supposed up. to, it wasn't even supposed to come out at all is what they told me. And oh, then they heard, and then they heard that we were, we were doing the ultimates instead of just ultimate Spider-Man. And they thought, oh, well that, that, you know, that could be fun to, to do if they're going to be talking about it. I might, we might as well write another one. Yeah, that's right. How silly. I mean, I forgot how the things had developed, but yeah. Um, yeah. yeah uh, superstar writer jonathan you might even see zach and i in the background of some shots like some some panels and thanked in the credits yeah yeah it actually says you know written by zach and john but scripts by jonathan hickman (laughs) our lawyers had to get involved on how everything was going to be attributed yeah oh well that will be very fun to read next week then so we got Ultimates 12 and 13, and that's the finale. And Cool Beans. Cool Beans, indeed. Do you have anything else for this week? Um, I I wouldn't mind talking to you about your thoughts on Guardians of the Galaxy, but I just know that you haven't watched that yet, or else you would have told me at, at some point. Okay, so listen. This is Memorial <laughs> Day week. It's a three-day weekend. It's a big, big week here for us in Indianapolis. I can't go downtown because I fear mm-hmm. race day traffic. Mm-hmm. There's but, a big race car match. This yeah, if weekend. you guys have, have ever heard of, you know, Indianapolis, Indiana, there's like one specific thing that it's famous for. And that happens this week. Um, I might try to convince the wife on one of our, you know, extra days this weekend that we, we can take a few hours and go see Guardians. Zach, just go by yourself. It will take two hours. <laughs> That's so sad. Maybe you have to go with me. If I'm going I by go myself. I go to movies by myself all the time. I enjoy going to, to see movies by myself. Yeah? Yes, I do. Because I'll just be like, oh, man, it's it's 1130 and I don't have anything to do. And Shazam 2 Fury of the Gods I still haven't seen Maybe I'll just go see it, and I'll be back in two hours, and I won't have to watch that movie again. That's not a true story, because I did not go see that movie, because I don't care about it at all. I wish I had that kind of confidence, but I'm also realizing I go to concerts in other states by myself. But I won't go to I won't go to movies see, I in my hometown. By I myself. cannot do that. Yeah. But I'll go see a movie by myself. I'll go. I love going golfing by myself. Yeah, just a thoughtful, solitary. Person. I guess. I, I, yeah, I guess so. Yep. Um, but I'll go see it with you if you want to. You know, okay. Plan it. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Um, 
have to find a theater that's like in between both of us. When I when I when I saw it with my sister, this isn't spoiling anything. I cry at everything, so I could cry. I think I told you that earlier. I could cry at happy scenes or sad scenes or joyous whatever. But there's one point where <laughs> it's like a quiet theater and I'm just like trying so hard to like keep it together. And my sister looks over at me and we make eye contact and I just like started like laughing and crying like pretty hard at the same time. And oh man, good stuff. Okay. You can look forward to that if you go to movies with me. I know it's like animal sadness and I might not be able to handle that. So when we were in college, Shiloh and I went to go see some movie. It was like, I think it was like Deadpool or something, like something kind of funny. And just one of the previews beforehand was A Dog's Purpose. And I was bawling, like <laughs> ugly, causing a scene like you're at a funeral for someone that died unexpectedly, kind of bawling <laughs> during the preview. And that's funny. I, I couldn't stop. I was still crying like as the like Deadpool was starting and I'm like what that's is funny. wrong? What is wrong with me? And everyone else in the theater was looking at me and thinking the same thing. <laughs> that's how I felt when I was watching this like these like Guardians movies where there's just like these like animatronic CGI animals on screen that I'm just like losing it. <laughs> Yeah, they make you care about a raccoon voiced by Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Um, okay, well, next week we'll, we'll plan on talking about that. Yeah. Um, I will say I'm going to a music festival in Detroit uh, nice. next weekend, so we might have to pod a little early. Yeah, okay, I can do that. What a treat for the webheads. Yeah. That they they get a little glimpse into that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not going to release it early. Yeah. Oh, well, not a treat. Sorry, Webheads. Yeah. Yeah. You guys get it when you get it. Yeah. Maybe one day we'll make a Patreon and then we can release it early. Look, if that's how you know you've really made it. Yeah. If you guys demand it, then we'll give it. But um, I think I think our our fans like the free content right now. Yeah. We're happy to provide that. Yeah. Okay. Should I, do you have anything? Should I? Uh, should I send us out? Uh, yeah, send us out. You're so, you're so good at that <sighs> outro, oh, Zach. Thanks. You guys listen. Listen to this. Watch I'm the gonna master choke. work. I'm gonna choke now. Um. Well, I'm adding something to the outro. Okay. So, so I'll you'll hear it in the middle. Okay. All right. Thank you to Ian Hickey for the music and Alyssa Seaman for the artwork. And well, we didn't talk about sports today, but but you know, we are the number one sports podcast for comic book people or vice versa, whatever that is. Um, the number one comic book podcast for sports fans. So you can find that the first read Ultimate Spider-Man podcast on Spotify, on Apple Music, anywhere you find podcasts. And leave us a review. They genuinely help, you know, five-star review or two-star review or, or, you know, subscribe or anything like that. And tell a friend. And, you know, you can also come chat with us. Zach says nobody emails anymore, but we do have an email. It's first 
It's firstreadspidey at gmail.com and our Instagram, firstreadpodcast, or on YouTube, the Ultimate Spider-Man Podcast. And I kind of choked that one, Zach. It wasn't as good of an outro as normal. That's what happens when I don't have it all written down. No, I thought it was great. That was better than an outro I would have given. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, well, with that, we'll see you next week, webheads. Bye. Swing on by later. Swing on by later.